welcome to the Othello Foursquare podcast. Thanks for joining us. We hope you enjoy this week's message. To learn more about our church, visit othellofoursquare.org. I'm so excited to share what God's put on my heart this morning. I really am. And um, it's weird because before I, before I became a pastor, I was like, dread just sharing anything in public I'm serious I wouldn't even want when I would when I would show up to an event like a sporting event and we would and you know you have the bleachers and you're you have to sometimes walk in front of everyone to get to a spot I would if I saw that there was no one to sit I would honest I would think about leaving because I'm like I don't want to just I don't want to walk in front and like people are looking at you and I'm like no one even cares who's walking in when you think about it but it was just there there was always this fear, right? And I say that because God can use anything. And this morning, I, I just, he, he wants to use the word to speak to us. Okay, and so, um, well, let's just get right into it. If you got your Bibles, turn to Philippians 1, chapter 1. We're going to be verse 27 through 30. Okay. This is in the NLT. It might be a little distorted up there, but I'm going to read it. And if you have your Bibles, this will give you a reason to open it up, okay? Because it's, oh, it's a little shaky up there. It says, above all, you must live as citizens of heaven, conducting yourselves in a manner worthy of the good news about Christ. Then, whether I come and see you again or only hear about you, I will know that you are standing together with one spirit and one purpose, fighting together for the faith which is the good news. Don't be intimidated in any way by your enemies. This will be a sign to them that they are going to be destroyed, but that you are going to be saved, even by God himself. For you have been given not only the privilege of trusting in Christ, but also the privilege of suffering for him. We are in this struggle together. You have seen my struggle in the past, and you know that I am still in the midst of it. I want to talk to you today about being a citizen of heaven. Okay, let's pray real quick. Father, I thank you. Spirit of God, come right now. Lord, get rid of any distractions that's going to take us away from receiving what you have from us today. Lord, we just pray that you would speak to us. Use me to speak the words that you want to say. Lord, that we would leave here changed. That we would leave here encouraged. In Jesus' name. Amen. Okay, so this is... Just to give you an intro, this is Paul's letter to the church in Philippi, okay? And so this was one of the first um, Jesus communities that was established, okay? So Paul, Paul's here, and if you know anything about um, this letter that he's writing to these people, okay, they were a Roman colony in ancient Macedonia. So it was full of retired soldiers, okay? This is who he's writing to. And they were known for their, their patriotic nationalism, right? They, they were like, they knew king, kingdom and kingdoms. And, and so when he was there, he faced a lot of resistance announcing the faith. And now, so Paul leaves and the people there who've now received Christ, they now face resistance. But they're now staying, they're like, it doesn't matter. We've seen Paul go through it, and they're kind of excited. They got this zeal. They got this. They're, 
they're hungry for Jesus. And so they stay the course despite tribulation from other people who have not yet accepted who Jesus was. And so in this letter, Paul's writing from prison. Okay, he's with Timothy, but he's writing from prison. And the main, in, in Philippians, the main reason for this letter was to thank the church. He was thanking the church. They had, they had supported him. And so they had sent him a gift, and someone had brought it to him, this gift in prison. And now he's writing back and saying, thank you guys for your faithfulness to the faith. Thank you for, for serving God. And then, but he also then challenges them. Right. And and gives them kind of an update of how he's doing, because they want to know, like this. How is this guy? He's in prison, like in a Roman prison. So it's it's probably not too good. And so. But. Paul replies back and he tells him if we read in chapter one, he says, it's actually a good thing that I'm locked up. Why? Because now. Everybody in the palace guard knows why I'm here, because I'm proclaiming Jesus. And so he, this guy, you got to understand, if you start to read all these letters he's writing, he's a little abnormal, right? Especially in our culture today, like this guy's out there. He's radical for the faith. And so Paul's now, he, he's talking to the church in Philippi. He's writing this letter, and he tells them, well, it's actually... I, I'd rather die, I'd rather die because I can go be with the Lord. But for your sake, I'm going to have to stay alive. Because if I'm alive, I can bring more fruit to the kingdom. And so he says it in, in, in verse 21 in, in chapter 1, and I know we didn't read this at the beginning, but he says, for me, living means living for Christ and dying is even better. I'm torn between two desires. I long to go and be with Christ which would be far better for me. But for your sakes, it's better that I continue to live. If I, if I live, I can do more fruitful work for Christ. But notice his train of thought here. Okay, stay with me. Notice his train of thought right here. He's saying dying for Jesus, dying for Jesus wasn't the true sacrifice for Paul. It wasn't. Okay, it was living. It was doing the work. He was being persecuted for what he stood for. And so, so then he churns, okay, and he's writing this letter thousands of years ago, right? And, and he, he sends it off to the people um, at Othello Foursquare by the McDonald's. That's what it says in the scripture, <laughs> right? It says, behind El Hazmin in Othello, Washington, and urges them to participate in Jesus' example, by taking up the same mindset. That's what he says in verse 27. Above all, you must live as citizens of heaven, conducting yourselves in a manner worthy of the good news about Christ. That's what, that's what he's saying to, the, to these people, to this church in Philippi, which if, if, you, if you can't, okay, listen, God wants to, Speak this into your life today. He, he's every, he uses the word for our benefit, for our good. And so this morning, that's how we have to view it. But he's, he's speaking to these Christians in Philippi who are living in a hotbed of Roman patriotism, right? 
They are in the middle of it. They believed in kings. And God says, there's a new king. There is a greater kingdom. And so he warns them. It might bring persecution. You can see by the way I'm living. I'm in prison right now writing this letter. But don't be afraid for suffering. Okay? For being associated with Jesus. Because that's a way that you're actually going to proclaim the message, the true message of Jesus through your suffering. Okay, but what is he, what is he trying to communicate here? What does it mean to be a citizen? A citizen of heaven. And before we get there, let's, let's take a minute. What is citizenship? Let's think about what he's, he's communicating here. Citizenship, and I'm just going to read something I found online. The definition is it's a, it's a relationship between an individual and a state to which the individual owes allegiance and in turn is entitled to its protection. Citizenship. You owe allegiance but you're in, and you're entitled to its protection. Each state determines the conditions under which it will recognize the persons as its citizens. The state determines that. Citizenship in heaven is based on your father. You must be a child of God. In John 3, he says what? You must, he, he's telling Nicodemus, you must be born again. Nicodemus is like, what are you talking about? I got to go back in the womb? I'm up. And he goes, no, no, no. Born through faith, you must be born again. And once you are born again, you are saved. And you are now a citizen of heaven. You now have your spiritual passport, right? Got your passport. Okay. Enhanced license. <laughs> but hey, this, this visa is not stamped in the black ink, right? You know what it's stamped with. It's that red blood of Jesus. And so that's when we look at that as a citizen, we see where our authority lies. Okay, and so, but your, our allegiance is to the kingdom of God. And our protection is from the king of heaven while we are a guest here on earth. This is not our home. I think so many, so, so many times as Christians, we want to have this dual citizenship. Right? But it's like, but God's like, hey, we got, this is, you're, you're a citizen of heaven. Hey, this is who you are. And if you're a citizen of heaven... You're a foreigner to the earth. You do look different. God was challenging me. He's like, do you actually look different? Do you act, is your life any different than someone who's not a citizen? So someone who hasn't been born again? If you're a citizen of heaven, you're a foreigner to the earth. You look different. You act different. You think different. You talk different. What you view is different. How you prioritize is different. Everything you do is different. We are citizens of heaven. And I want to just really quick. I got three things that I, that I feel like the Lord put, he gave me when I was reading this scripture in, in Philippians 1. 
as our duties, our duty. And I know duty seems like, oh, we're working for it. No, no, no. But this is what we're called to live by as citizens of heaven. Okay? Three things. The first one, acting consistently in a Christ-like manner. Acting consistently in a Christ-like manner. Verse 27, it says, Above all, you must live as citizens of heaven, conducting yourselves in a manner worthy of the good news about Christ. Does the way we live reflect who he is, what he did, what he paid for? Okay, although Christ was born to this world, he was not of this world. He was from a different kingdom. We don't conform to the patterns of this world. But we're transformed by the renewing of our mind daily. So how can I live like Christ? You may say, you, you may, like, because that's a, that's a daunting thing to, to think about. Like Christ, who he is. Romans 8, 28. This is what it says through 30. It says, and we know that God causes everything to work to good for good, to work together for good of those who love God and are called according to his purpose for them. For God knew his people in advance, and he chose them to become like his son, so that his son would be the firstborn among many brothers and sisters. And having chosen them, he called them to come to him. And having called them, he gave them the right standing with himself. And having given him the right standing, he gave them his glory. So if you're thinking, I'm not worthy yeah you're not but 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 through him you are you were made righteous so we've been chosen called and given a right standing like the son of god that's what his word says here not by our merit but we get our citizenship from our father ephesians 4 1 through 2 as far as living consistently in a manner of worthy, right? It says, as a prisoner for the Lord, then I urge you to live a life worthy of the calling you have received. Be completely humble and gentle. Be patient, bearing with one another in love. And as I was reading this verse the other day, God reminded me of when I was like 13 years old Okay, we were on a bus going to a youth camp. And they, you know, when they start passing the mic around, we used to do this. They pass the mic around and say, hey, what's your favorite verse? Because it's like a 15-hour trip to California where the convention was. And this is the verse that I received. And God reminded me when I had spoken this verse. As a prisoner of the Lord, then I urge you to live a life worthy of the calling you've received. Listen, I didn't understand that. I was really a prisoner, but I was just in love with Jesus. And as you begin to speak verses over your life, if you need something to speak over your life, this is a great verse. As a prisoner of the Lord, it's telling you where I stand. It's not me. I'm under his authority. I urge you to live a life worthy of the calling you receive. That's telling me I actually have a calling. And God's saying, I need you to live your life worthy of this calling i need you to go after me and guess what when you begin to speak it even if you don't even know the full capacity of what it's doing the word of the lord is working in your life and is doing something so begin to get the word of god in your life digest it eat it it is so good and it'll change your life 
And so, but it says, be gentle. Sorry for smacking my lips. I was a little parched. I'm just. I know some of you guys were thinking it. It says, be completely humble. (laughs) Gentle. Be patient, bearing with one another in love. Humility. Humility. To to act like Christ is to be humble. An, An unassuming nature to understand people might not be where you're at spiritually. When you, when you humble yourself, you say, I'm not, I'm not gonna assume this person knows what's right and what's wrong. I'm gonna have an unassuming nature to understand people might not be where I'm at spiritually understanding the things of God. It takes humility to not just throw something in someone's face So be humble and gentle, gentle enough to walk them through their journey, patient enough to help someone when they have gone away from what they're called to be. This is what he's saying. This is the life he's calling us to live, humble, gentle, patient, and bearing one another with one another in love. That means supporting. That means caring. This is what we're called to do. This is how we're called to live. Because this is how Christ lived. As citizens of heaven, this is what we, this, this is what he's telling us. Imitate Christ. So we live consistently with the character of, of Jesus and who he is. That's number one. Number two, as a citizen of heaven, our duty is to contend for the kingdom. Paul writes, what does he say? If you're living as a citizen, it will mean that we are standing together with one spirit and one purpose, fighting together for the faith. Let us say sitting back, hoping things will change. We're going to fight. We're going to contend for the kingdom as citizens because guess what? Your kingdom come, your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Guess what? He's given us authority as citizens to bring heaven down to earth. And so we're called to active duty, right? As citizens, we're called to active duty to engage in the spiritual battle at hand using the gifts God has given us. God needs everyone. As citizens, he's calling us to take action. Sometimes we, we... but we have also have to understand when you're not a citizen of this world, it means you're walking in foreign land, right? And sometimes you may step into situations where the enemy ain't happy that you're bringing the light, that you're bringing the answer. But we have to know who we are as citizens what Christ gave us, the authority, and whose we are. Who watches out for us? If you're, if you're ever captured in a, in a different country and you, and you get taken prisoner and they find out where you're from and it's from a nation that actually has 
powerful people, guess what? There's a fear now because they know they're coming after me. They're going to come rescue. They're going to come rescue me from where I'm trapped in, right? Especially if I'm going out to do something good, to glorify the kingdom, I have the protection of the most high in my back. And so knowing who we are and whose we are gives us the confidence to walk into uncharted land. We contend, oppose, and combat everything that exalts itself against the knowledge of God. Everything. Let's, let's just read the Bible because it tells it a lot better. Okay, 2 Corinthians 10, 5 through 8. It says, we destroy every proud obstacle that keeps people from knowing God. We capture their rebellious thoughts and teach them to obey Christ. And after you have become fully obedient, we will punish everyone who remains disobedient. Look at the obvious facts. Those who say they belong to Christ must recognize that we belong to Christ as much as they do. I may seem to be boasting too much about the authority given to us by the Lord, but our authority builds you up. It doesn't tear you down. So I will not be ashamed of using my authority. Come on, as citizens, you better pull out that passport and say, listen, this is where I'm from. This is, this, I'm not of this world. I live for a different kingdom. I am a citizen of heaven. We take every thought captive to obey Christ. Paul says as a citizen, we fight. He's saying we fight for the faith. But he says we also stand together in one spirit and one purpose. To stand together in one spirit means to be standing in harmony, united. One purpose, having the same goal. This morning, a beautiful picture of all of us agreeing for the healing of Marie. That's our, we stand in unity. We stand believing that God can heal. That's what it looks like practically. Okay, and it, here's another picture as I was thinking about this, of standing in one spirit and one purpose. You got, there, there's a, we're talking in terms of battle, and there's a battle at hand, and there's chaos in front. There's things going on, and we're, we, we're not sitting down and watching them. We're saying, I've got an assignment to go, a, to go and combat that, okay, to oppose the enemy. And I, I'm standing up to walk, to fight the battle that is in front of me, the chaos. But I don't walk alone. This is the picture the Lord gave me. I got my brother on my right hand, my sister on my left, okay? And we stand together. We stand together, hand in hand, shoulder to shoulder, looking ahead at the battle. But standing together, when, when you stand in harmony, okay, united, I'm not worried about having this this gap as I walk, because I know the person to my right and to my left have the same goal, and they're going to continue walking with me. That's what it looks like. And then to have one goal, I know that, hey, guess what? They're going to be in step, in step, every step. There's no question I'll be left alone. Because when I, when I live as a citizen, I decide to come along my brother or sister who is fighting for something, and I walk hand in hand with them until we, we see a victory. That's what I do. And I don't, I don't back off. I don't stop walking with them because I get tired. Matter of fact, I know I have to keep going because of 
they're relying on me. And there's going to be a time when, I, when I'm going to be relying on them. So that's what it looks like when, when, when Paul's writing this letter and he's saying, as a citizen, this is what it means. Stand together. Okay? Be in one mind. In harmony. Having the same goals. As citizens, we're not alone. Hey, just look around. You know, we're not in this alone. Number three, our duty as a citizen of heaven. Because I believe God hasn't called us to just sit down and say, hey, I'm a, I got it. I'm good to go. Like, passport's active. Like, my name in the book, I'm good. No, no. Hey, we're called to active duty. And so that means being courageous in the face of opposition. That's number three. Be courageous in the face of opposition. Okay, in verse 28, he says, don't be intimidated in any way by your enemies. This will be a sign to them that they are going to be destroyed. But that you are going to be saved. Okay, you know what he's telling them? He's telling them, hey, you know these, these, all these Romans who believe in the, their king and they want to intimidate you by persecute, persecuting you, by maybe jumping you on the street, by saying you're going to go to prison? Don't be intimidated by them. Guess what? You win. Your king already won. He already has the end. And the same thing holds true today. We know that, that the, the end, how the story ends. Okay, it's like we, we may be in the middle of it, but he's already written it, and the victory is ours. So the, the story ends in victory. Matthew 5.11 says, blessed are you when they revile and persecute you and say all kinds of evil against you falsely for my sake. Rejoice and be exceedingly glad, for great is your reward in heaven. For so they persecuted the prophets who were before you. For great is your reward in heaven. Hey, listen, I know Christianity. If, if you've been hearing, it's all flowers and roses. Like, no, come on. Hey, you may be persecuted for standing up for something. And guess what? The hour is now to stand for something. It really is. It doesn't mean we can't be gentle. Like, there, it's not one or the other. It's both and. You can be gentle in love, compassionate, caring for one another, standing with one another, but also say, hey, there's actually a fight. And I have to go engage and be courageous in the face of opposition. Psalms 23.4, we all know it. It says, yea, though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I will fear no evil, for you are with me. Your rod and your staff, they comfort me. Never forget that it's just a shadow of death. It's just a shadow. Don't be intimidated by the shadow. 1 Peter 5.8 says, be sober, be vigilant, because your adversary, the devil, walks about like a roaring lion. Seeking whom he may devour. He's, just ignore the roar. Ignore it. It's, it's, it's not real. Okay? When we know who we are, where we stand, and the adversary comes, we don't get phased. All right, let's stand. Thank you, Jesus. His word is powerful and allow, allow his word to pierce your heart and speak to you. 
if you remember one thing when you leave here today, actually a few things I'm going to remind you of, okay? But the number one thing is you are a citizen of heaven. And as a citizen of heaven, it means you're a foreigner to this world. Number one, live a life worthy of the calling you've received. Live a life in the manner worthy of, how, of who Christ is and the good news about who he is. Don't conform to the patterns of this world. If, 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 if you've been doing something and it may not even, it may not even be where it's like, Lord, this, this isn't wrong, but God's saying, hey, I need you to come spend more time with me. Just make me your number one priority. The world will tell you it's okay to spend all this time on different things, but don't conform to the patterns of this world. Don't worry about spending all your time working this job to get money or striving for all these earthly things. Guess what? This is not our home. We are citizens of heaven. We live for eternal things. Number two, contend for the kingdom. Don't stop fighting. Don't stop fighting. It's time for the church to rise up. I, we can't forsake the gathering too. This is it. You know what? The Lord's been showing me so much how important it is for us to gather. It's not, it's not about tradition. It's not about, this is just my routine there's something special that happens when we come around together and agree and, and can be together in one mind and one spirit. The national average, I don't know if you guys knew this, but for people who, who are just at, like attend church, you know, normally weekly, less than 20%, okay? less than 20% of people. And some say that number is even skewed a little bit because who knows, people are you know, saying these people come. When you think about the average back 20, 30 years ago was double that. We can't forsake gathering. It's not all about here, but there's something special that starts here where we can celebrate what God is doing and we can encourage one another this is only one day out of the week. In order for us to fight, we have to be encouraged. Sometimes we have to be sharpened. When you come to church, when, you, when, when we come together, we're sharpened. So we contend for the kingdom. And number three, be courageous in the face of opposition. Whatever you're dealing with, whatever you're going through, whatever this season has brought you, be strong, be courageous. Because we serve a king who reigns above it all. We choose to boldly speak despite the persecution we may suffer. Be bold. Be bold. As a citizen, we're not of this world. I just want us, I want us to say that, okay? 
we've been set apart. Do we believe that? We believe that. Not that we're better, but we've been set apart. We've, we have citizenship. We are not of this world. But we're here, right? God has us here for a reason. Okay, to love and to, to, to be a light to the world. But we're not of this world. We are a citizen of heaven. So let's just say that I am a citizen of heaven. Let's say it again. I am a citizen of heaven. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Lord. Yes, Lord. We worship you. God, I just pray right now for everyone in this room, Lord, that you would continue to work this what you were saying, what you used Paul to say to this church in Philippi thousands of years ago, Lord, we, we pray that it would speak to us today or that we would feel, it, it wouldn't just be a, hey, that was awesome. I'm a citizen of heaven. I got my passport. It would be, let's go. What do you have for me now, Lord? I'm ready and I am willing to serve you wholeheartedly, to give you my all. So we thank you, Lord, for our citizenship that came through you, our Father in heaven. We are thankful for that. We thank you, Lord, for what you're doing through this body. Let us always be a church that stands united and and stands together with one goal in mind, to see all humanity be able to experience the hope that is in Jesus. hope you enjoyed this week's message. Make sure to subscribe wherever you listen to podcasts. If you'd like to partner with OFC, you can give on our website, othellofoursquare.org. Have a blessed day. We'll see you next time.